Chances are, if you like this, you like other podcasts made by Lush. So you should probably check out Tiny Revolutions, a podcast where Tiff Stevenson chats with other comedians about whether comedy can be a force for social change. Subscribe now. Welcome to the Lush Podcast. I'm Nilla Davies and I'm your host and I'm joined each episode by my amazing co-host Livia Graham. Each episode we're going to switch up and one of us is going to lead the conversation and this first episode it's me talking to Olivia about the brand spanking new Lush Shop in Liverpool. In this episode you can expect to hear three different segments. The first segment is Take It From The Top, the Lush Hair Lab with Daniel Campbell and Carl Bygrave. The second segment is Mark Constantine in conversation with Andrew Payne about the book High Street Heroes by John Timpson. And the third segment is from Caroline Heron's vlog, Fun Friday at Retail Rant. Enjoy! We're here in Liverpool to talk about the new Liverpool shop. You've had a brand spanking new shiny shop. Yeah, it really is brand spanking new and shiny. It's ginormous yeah let's talk about the actual shop then so let's talk about the services let's talk about what makes liverpool and the new shop different than any other shop in the world because firstly it is the biggest shop in the world now yeah so that's exciting but talk me through like what the biggest shop in the world full stop not even the biggest (laughs) shop i've actually made that mistake before someone was like you get in the biggest shop ever i was like yes it is the biggest shop ever it's not in the world but it's the biggest last shop in the world that's important. So talk me through, like, coming in the door. You walk in the doors, big, beautiful double doors, and if you pay close attention, you'll see mosaic on the floor on the way in. It says, all are welcome always. It's so cute. It's so nice. Um, so that's lovely. And imagine, like, I just think, imagine working where that is the ethos. I mean, I don't have to imagine it. That's my life. You walk in the door, and you've got your fresh flowers, which are locally sourced and traceable, which is amazing. And then... You can buy pre-made bouquets or you can get them made up in store by our in-store florists, which is just absolutely gorgeous. I know. And then we've got the fresh counter with our fresh jellies that are set in fruit skin so there's no packaging, fresh face masks and fresh in-store, the Blue Steam Cleanser. And yeah, so things that are made in-store exclusively to the pool on the fresh counter at the front. Um, And I just think it's really beautiful that we have these flowers now because we've always had flowers in the shop and we've always included flowers in the ingredients and it just makes sense that we were like okay what what decisions are we making when it comes to our flowers and there's bath bombs that you can you can pick what flowers you want inside the bath bomb get the bath bomb wrapped up and it means you're giving someone like a bespoke bath bomb with actual fresh flowers inside it's so pretty (laughs) i know and then depending which way you go makeup counters are to your left so we've got the fresh skincare counter and then the makeup counters which are just amazing the mirrors everything flawless and our makeup team are amazing as well yeah. really like if you just sometimes I just go and I'm like how's everyone getting on and they're just in the mind frame of making people feel good about themselves that they just do it even not yeah. in a makeup consultation I find the makeup really exciting I'm someone that's like I take my makeup quite seriously because I used to perform so yeah. if I buy makeup I normally spend a lot of money on it and I go for like brands with a really heavy, intense coverage. Went over on the, the day of the opening when I went up to visit. Went, spoke to some of the girls in the and the guys in the makeup counter, and they did my like they they gave, gave me like a color match. 
and I was like, okay, I'll wear the foundation for the day, see how I feel at the end of the day. And I got the liquid foundation because it's a bit more matte just from, from my skin. At the end of the day, it was flawless. Yeah. And I'd been running around the shop all day, so I was a hot mess. But it really surprised me, the care and the attention to detail that's been put. And I've, I've chatted to Ro a bit about like um, the development process of the makeup. But it just blew my mind. It's a really great range. And yeah. there's so much diversity in the colours and like having like packaging free options as well like it, it really strong range yeah and i think what's interesting is we we what the way the shop is set up for example is you've got your skincare counter and your makeup counter and i maybe like it when we're thinking about cosmetics we see them things as separate but like why would you do one thing where you're like we really need to care for my skin make sure it's cleansed make sure it's moisturized like make sure i'm thinking about the longevity of this the biggest organ on my body mm-hmm. and then we think of makeup and we're just like not considering well is it going to be nourishing for my skin yeah. is it going to have positive impact rather than negative impact yeah. it's not even neutral like literally extending the fact that makeup is still skincare yeah it's just a different kind of skincare it's mm-hmm. more like they're both really for aesthetics when you think about it. it's yeah. just that one is for like a neutral aesthetic and the other one is to like manipulate the aesthetic and it's like can it be beneficial to my skin, but also give me what I want yeah. from it. Yeah, I hands down, like I love love the range and the lipsticks. There's yeah. so many gorgeous. Yeah, the lippies are gorgeous. Um, so then you you kind of you come in the door. You've got flowers, fresh skincare, makeup, and then you've kind of got like a like the hair section. Yeah, which we're gonna skip because we're gonna come back and talk about it oh, in right, a bit okay. more detail. Got so excited there. I'm yeah, no. um, and then you go down. The, so talk to me about the coffee. Oh, the coffee. And the the perfume area. So at the back of the shop, we've got like what I suppose is a bit of downtime in the shop, really. So you go to the back and you've got the coffee machine, Mm -hmm. which is staffed by our amazing baristas who are all fully trained, fabulous humans. And also just absolutely, and as all Lush staff are, just totally lovely. Um, and then we've got perfumes, 29 exclusive perfumes to Liverpool. To the right with a perfume library. And then to the left, we've got like a record not where you can go and sit down, listen to some of the ECC records and just chill out. And I think it's really good. I, I know I noticed that people are making their way up to the first floor often with a coffee because it just seems like a logical thing to do. Like, I know my sister once said to me whenever she does a Christmas shopping, she goes around all the shops, goes and gets food, and then goes back around and buys everything she wants. Because you can make a proper decision. Yeah. <laughs> You're ultimately. not hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, also, the coffee machines have got reusable cups that you can get a pound off your coffee when you buy them, and we only serve coffee if people bring their own cups or buy a reusable Lush cup. And, uh, yeah, locally sourced from neighbourhood, a local roastery neighbourhood coffee, where they trained all our staff and keep an eye on us, basically. Amazing. I, I keep an eye on us in a nice way. Checking on us. <laughs> Make sure that. you're making top notch coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you go up the stairs or up in them the lift. gorgeous stairs or up the lift, yeah. To the party floor where you'll be welcomed. <gasps> it's by so much fun. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. <laughs> and unicorns. I saw yeah. a couple of unicorns in there the other day. Yeah, yeah. There's an area for parties. Um, and then oh, you've the got. the area for parties. Legendary. Just as a digression, limited edition party products massive jellies that when you bang them they make a noise I like a gold cordoned off thing for when you have your party there so you're like a vip yeah walls of bath bombs yeah i read in an article on um on our website we'll put it in the the show notes oh yeah um that there's enough space for nine million bath bombs in the liverpool shop Mm. 
And then yesterday I was on the shop floor and speaking to a girl and she was like, I thought that meant we were getting 9 million, nine million bath, bath bombs. bombs. With all the Harajuku bath bombs, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I've never so much colour, scent, like di- diversity in that no matter what type of bathing experience you want, there's something for you. Yeah. And then also like you've got an exclusive range of bath oils as well. So you've got more options there you've also got your shower bombs there's exclusive liverpool soaps up uh, on that floor yeah and you've got your swag as well um so the the lush times that we've just um published on regeneration you can get some exclusive swag in liverpool on the design, on the design. which is gorgeous it's just it's like all the exciting amazing wonderfulness of the showcase brought into a, sh- a shop that's almost like, it is It is like a department store almost. You've got your counters, yeah. your counters that give you lots of different options, experiences and services. Because then on the next floor, you've got the spa. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. You just keep going up and you're like, I love and, that, um, I love that. We were in the lift yesterday, weren't we? And a customer was like, and we were like, are you going down or up? And they were like, what's up? And we were like, the spa. And they were like, oh. And then it was just like this moment of like, we've obviously been in here for five hours, but now we're going to stay longer. Yeah, so the spa is... Absolutely gorgeous. And you I feel like crying. Oh, and you, you have a, a like exclusive treatment. It's called Shop Don't Drop. Shop Don't Drop. And that that's a new treatment that's being. Well, yeah, that's behind the hair lab actually on the shop floor. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's um you put speakers around your neck like neck speakers, and the treatment is to the sound of music and kind of like um drumming techniques because it's Afro Celt sound systems like the music's influenced mm-hmm. by that. And you can also get a fresh facial on the shop floor. I've had a fresh facial in Oxford Have Street, you? yes. And it was beautiful. It yeah. was so beautiful. And they just it was just a really nice moment to slow down, like a little half an hour out of your shopping day to just take some time and chill out because shopping's an experience. You're meant to, yeah. you know, like enjoy it. Um, so that actually really beautifully, it's like you read my mind, brings us back around to the hair lab. Yeah. Hey! That was not <laughs> planned <laughs> at all. I came to Liverpool... About, about a week ago now? Seven days ago. Seven yeah. days ago. I came and recorded a podcast. It's a monthly podcast that goes out called Take It From The Top with the founders mm-hmm. in Lush, just talking about what's going on. Yeah. And I came up... It's to, great. I love it. Thanks, girl. Um, I came up and recorded one with Dan and Carl about the hair lab. Mm-hmm. And because you're a legend, you booked me into the hair lab so I could have a beautiful experience. That is... That, yeah, I'm the legend in there, <laughs> not like all the staff that do your hair amazing. They just... You were the kind soul that did that for yeah, me. You okay. organised it for me. So I had a trip to the hair lab. I'm going to... We're going to talk a bit about it afterwards. We're going to listen to this clip from the oh, recording yeah, first. As, as we've just been previously discussing about like what the rest of the sort of hairdressing industry does, the, the idea with the hair lab is just to do the opposite. I think as like as Lush does with, with product and like with a lot of the way that we run our business, we sort of think, what does everybody else do? Let's do the opposite of that because that's a bit more interesting to see where we're ending up. So... A lot of the the idea was like, I love having air. I'm interested in it. I've got just enough, I think, at the moment to keep me going, which is great. But I always was like, I've never had a really great salon experience. I've never had that. I've never had, oh, this is good. My hair's good. I know what's going on. I've got the right product. I know how to... I think it was a frustration of like people going, having their hair cut, having it styled, and it looks great. And then as soon as you walk out the door, a gust of wind comes by and blows all the style out of your hair. It's just like... All right, well, I've just spent X amount of pounds on that. How can, like, I can't go home and do it myself. That was the thing. I always wanted people to be able to have a great experience, know how to 
to do their hair and be able to have like go and do their hair as good as the hairdresser's done the next day. So that was always sort of the, at the start of it. Caring for people is 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 so so important to me. So important that people are well looked after. Saying to a client this morning, it's just like the world sometimes a horrible place. It's just nice to go somewhere for two hours and have somebody tell you that your hair's amazing and and and, and that you're you know you're you're cared for and you're looked after. It's really important. So that was kind of like the the, the main crux of it. And then we just kind of like had a little bit of a think about if we were going to do a, a salon and there's so much creativity in Lush, trying to bring every department into a hair setting was sort of where we came with like product focus. And then we were just sort of like, we didn't want to do any of the, are you going, where are you going on your holidays or any of that, did we? Yeah. So it was just like a reaction <laughs> against what everybody else was doing. Yeah. And it's sort of like, People are in and out as quickly as possible. Hairdressers are essentially their own business in 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 a salon. They don't have any camaraderie. There's no creativity. There's no sense of team. It's just like, again, as Carl was saying, it's like we're a big business. We can create the product and we can employ the staff and we can train them. And we can get the great locations. It's like, yeah, it's just sort of normal salons. Yeah, for the most part, there's everything is wrong about them. So. The staff that work in them are usually taken advantage of to quite a large degree. So it's all about the the owners of the salons. And I don't feel that they, they're given the due respect and the way that they're paid and the, the way that they're worked. And it's it's hard. I think it's hard for them to be motivated to do their best work every hour of every day of every yeah. day of the week that they're working. And then you so so that clearly could be done better. So you can take better care of the staff. You can you can give them something new and stimulating. Because I mean, the hairdressers that come into the hair lab, they get really enthused because nothing new has happened in hairdressing for years. The, I mean, the the most exciting thing has been the trend in barbering, but that's really for guys that are taking advantage of that. They're having a nice time. The where they go is maybe been done up and it looks nice and whatever and they're getting a decent haircut but for women it's definitely not been the case for a long long time and that I'm with you I, I like I've always liked having my hair done it's sort of something that I find that's very very relaxing but I hate the inconsistency of it mm. so the normal the experience that we all have when we go and get our haircut is so unpredictable it doesn't matter if you go to the same person. It's yeah. it's yeah. hard, and you talk to most people, and they want consistency. They'll they'll go for consistency, won't yeah. they? They want to know that when they go in, they're going to get what they had last time, mm-hmm. or they're going to get, or they've got the confidence that they can. They're going to get they something. Can trust. That, yeah, yeah. The, the trust. Actually, that's a good word because we've discussed that quite a lot. That is one of the things that is very very key. It is that bit about trust. It's important, and it's hard. It's hard to build that up, and I think that. Lush has got a bit of an advantage there because I do feel that we've been working so hard over such a long period of time to build up the customer's trust in mm, us yeah. that it's a, it's an advantage. It's something that that hopefully carries across into into the hair lab and people yeah. give us a shot. So I think it's like, just come back to me, it's just like after a little bit of, of waffle, I've kind of listened to what Carl said. The, the point with the hair lab is to educate the customer on how to style their hair the right products to use in the right way so they can to quote ghd get a good hair day every day that's sort of like what 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 we're up to so it is a it's a validating careful uh, compassionate 
her experience that ensures that you know how to recreate that every single time you want. It's so nice to hear people speak so passionately about something that has maybe never gets any airtime. Yeah. Um, when I went to the hair lab, I was actually quite nervous. <laughs> it's just the look on your face. I'm like, where is this going? Because... You're like smiling, but saying <laughs> I was nervous. I was nervous because I've spent years messing around with my hair at oh, home. Oh, yeah. Bleaching it, cutting it. <laughs> like, I've been, my hair's been every colour. It's been, like, yellow, pink, green, black, back to blonde. Like, and I... Black to blonde. Back to blonde. It's an been, absolute nightmare. There was an experience... Back to blonde. In a pixie cut. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, it was like chewing gum, honestly. And I was nervous going to the hair lab because I knew I was going to get a treatment. I knew it was going to be an experience. But I always get like that fear of hair judgment. Yeah. I don't. When you were a teenager, did you mess around with your hair a lot? Yeah, definitely. Like way into my 20s, I mess with my hair. I, I'm always talking about the importance of hairdressers and it's just great to hear uh, Dan and Carl speak so passionately about it. I grew up, my eldest sister is a hairdresser. Okay. And when she was in her early 20s, she got her own salon. So she did amazing, got her own salon that she had for like 11 or so years. So I grew up in that salon. It was like my first ever job. You know, I was always back there. Anytime I was back in the UK or in Liverpool, you know, I'd be in that salon or I'd be helping out or sometimes I'd go and just literally stay for hours um so I I've grown up with a great hair experience okay. and she didn't let you mess with your hair then no she, <laughs> this is where my sister Zoe is absolutely phenomenal she messed with my hair for me oh yeah so no box dye great for you. girl no, no so I do remember living in Manchester being a punk um and I rang her and was like yeah I was toying with this idea of shaving the side of my hair so I've, I'm lucky, I know I'm lucky that I've had a really great hair experience mm -hmm. in that my sister has always had this, like, bubble that is just a... I mean, the main thing I love about um, salons is I kind of got onto the fact recently that they're, like, the first... Maybe, like, they're like covens in a way. Like, they're just this gaggle of witches. And being interested in something that's usually dismissed because it's feminine considering your hair is usually considered something that's feminine it's usually dismissed and most of the time if you get a good hairdresser and you're in a good hair salon the your passion for your hair is totally legitimized like yeah. how the fact that you care like I love my hair and just uh, immediately wrote down um Dan Campbell saying <laughs> I love having hair <laughs> it, it, like it's being in the hair, it, it felt so luxurious from the moment you step in. It's like, come in, have a cup of tea, sit down, talk to me about your hair, talk to me about how you wear your hair every day, like what yeah. you do, do you straighten it, do you blow dry it? And then just the careful consideration of going to pick products and then sitting you down and explaining what they are. Yeah. Like I've had so many salon experiences where I go in, someone's just putting stuff on your hair and you're like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I'm going to, how can I manage this whenever I leave here? Yeah. I felt so pampered when I went to the hair lab and I felt like, you saw me, I came out and I was like a goddess. Yeah, swish, swish, like all two, day and all night. I was for like two days. I was just loving it. Um, So I'd really, I'd really recommend like taking the trip and trying it out. It's hopefully going to be something that's going to be a standalone feature of yeah. Lush. There, it's going to branch out and grow. Um, But at the minute you can, you can pop onto the website and you can... Yeah. Have a look or come in store and get you can get a consultation from any member of staff about like what treatment would be right for you. I, I just can't wait to take my sister. Yes. What chat about a bit about Liverpool as a city and as a place. Oh great, okay. Um, that I can do. Yeah, so 
I because I know you. I know a bit about how long mm. you've lived here and it. But I know who you are for the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> tell us a bit about Liverpool as a city and why you live here. Obviously, I was born near Liverpool, but didn't live here until really about. I kind of moved away when I was seventeen, eighteen, and then moved back about four years ago. So you know, the majority of my adult life, I wasn't here. And this is going somewhere in that I've lived in different places in different cities and what I love about Liverpool is it feels like home and not in that it's because I was, like, born here or my parents were born here. It's that, like, it feels like home in the way that people are willing to invest in you yeah. like nowhere I've ever known before. And I think for people, like, for, for myself and for people who maybe haven't had a conventional life or, you know, don't have a conventional um, family, then that is maybe for me certainly the most important thing that you could ever feel anywhere is that you're that people invest in you like wholly, and I'm not even just talking like on a career level because that's that is something that I've experienced here more than anywhere, and not even just like on a friendship level but like on a creative level and on like a just like on every level I feel like people always have time for me mm -hmm. and time for how I want I want it to be for me. Mm -hmm. Even from my experience of just travelling up here a couple of times <clears throat> for work, meeting the people here immediately want to engage with you and connect with you. Yeah. And it's very real and it can be something as small as, you know, being in a taxi and talking to a taxi woman about what she's going to make for her dinner yeah. to someone like... Like in a having a conversation with someone you've never met in a pub and they've ordered a nice cocktail and they go oh try that yeah it's, it's that real connection and I I think it comes from because I'm from a city that I think is quite similar to Liverpool I think it comes from like what city is that Nula Belfast <laughs> well I'm not from Belfast but I lived there for a long time well yeah it's a it's a place that comes from a real there's like a, a real grassroots DIY like working class kind of vibe here yeah. and people are very very real and very they're not afraid to be vulnerable but there's also comedy and laughter to be found in everything yeah and that it, it makes you feel like you're welcome and it's just so interesting because every last shop I've been in I've had that experience yeah. but here you have that experience outside the shop as yeah. well <laughs> it's like everyone is that's what's nice yeah, yeah it's like everyone's on that same kind of level it's really lovely. Yeah, and I I think I was... One thing I think about Liverpool as a city is it, I think it's a matriarch in that, like, it's got such strong women. Like, I grew up with such strong women influences in my life and just that, like, I know there's been so much... Um, obviously, it's a city with, like, like any city, I suppose, huge aspects of, like, a tragic history. But, like, so I grew up with the knowledge of Hillsborough, but also the knowledge of, like, the, the mums who'd lost people in that absolute tragedy, like, fought back against it, like, relentlessly. And that the whole of the city doesn't buy the sun as a result of it. Yeah. And that... Just that, the, like, a, a sense of resilience, it feels like. And even just, like, yesterday in conversation, we were talking about the shop and that there are some spaces in it, like, some... um spaces that we're looking at developing and and carrying on something that the lush liverpool's always done which is what the manager's always been um keen for is like investing in the community mm -hmm. and you know we were talking about these spaces in the shop and sandra the manager said you know it's not about this that and the other it's about giving back yeah. and i think that like the whole shop is about that but like really kind of the whole city to me it feels like this city's invested in me and and and, and i love her for it <laughs> 
Well, it's and it shows. Yeah. It shows in how you talk about it and how you live your life here. Because yeah. coming up and just even meeting your friends, it's just like a group of really boss people just being awesome and oh, looking yeah. after each other and being kind. Um, and I think it's amazing that, you know, the the like Lush, the company we work for, want to do that. Yeah. Like they want to reach out and, and put real roots down in the community so that people can come and enjoy the shop and we can give back to them as much as they give to us. I wanted to chat a bit about what other people are saying about the new shop. Yeah. Because we both work It's for all lies. <laughs> well, we both work for Lush, so of course we're gonna be like running into it, loving it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like so just to have some like versatility yeah. in voice. There's an amazing woman called Caroline Herons. I don't know if you have heard of her before, but she has this, uh, she has a YouTube channel. Yeah. And she posts videos about, she's called Bun Friday and she does like retail rants and she talks about the beauty industry. So she's um, an aesthetician. 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 I think you might do. I didn't know what it was, so I Googled it. Yeah. Um, and basically, it's a North American term for a beautician. Ah, aesthetician. Well, Ast- if it's Americans, aesthetician. Aesthetician? I don't know. Um, if anyone knows, you can email me. Dial in. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she's worked in the cosmetics industry for a very, very long time. So she she's really informed, knows her stuff. And um, when the new shop, the day the new shop opened, one of the PR team gave her a buzz and was like, look, pop in. We'd love to know your thoughts, what you think about it. Mm. So I thought we could maybe listen to her kind of. Well, I knew, I knew that I've I have seen the video clippers, but I I um I knew this happened because on lunch time people were talking that they were in the shop, and that she didn't want I don't know this is where I think she just didn't want any products from us because she's proper legit, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, in in her video she literally was like, I bought a plum rain because I really like plum rain. Yeah. Um, it's more for her about the industry of cosmetics and she's very genuine in her approach she's not like she's not blogging to get free stuff she's blogging because she cares yeah. about and she's worked in the in that industry for a very long and time and if everyone just approached all of their job doing it because they care because they're passionate it'd be nice everything would just be sound <laughs> if everyone just did stuff because they were being sound and it, it was be, sound everyone would everything be dead would on be sound, yeah. <laughs> uh, so i thought we should listen to her because she's just another she's a voice from the community yeah and her perspective on the new shop gorge and then yesterday i went to liverpool and i got a dm on instagram that thankfully i checked from live at lush she said hi caroline i can see you're in liverpool um, if you get time, we have just opened our flagship, worldwide flagship store there. Um, and we'd love to show you around. And I said, well, actually, I do. I've got like a, an hour in between. So I popped along there at like 4.30 in the afternoon. I can't... I feel sad that I didn't immediately take to the camera yesterday. Because if I tell you, I do not remember when I have seen a more impressive retail setup than the new Lush store in Liverpool. None of this is an ad. They don't even know I'm filming this, but I feel it's really important because as someone who's worked in beauty retail in particular for a really long time, it is hard to go, go hard, go home, be fresh, be original. And it is spectacular. It is experiential, experimental, it, it is what the high street needs. And at a time where retail 
is dying a death. The high street is dying a death. The fact that Lush have done so many things, they've done gone big and gone home. And the fact that they have done it in Liverpool, yes, I'm a, obviously I'm Liverpool born and bred and it does fill my heart with joy, but this is a city that for years couldn't get a lucky, a look in. We still have no space NK in Liverpool. I'm just putting that out there. I have screamed at that, screamed at them about that for 20 years. Still no space NK in Liverpool. Yet Lush puts its worldwide flagship bang in the center of Liverpool, four floors. The third floor is the treatment area, the spa. And it's nothing like you would have imagined if you've ever been into a Lush spa of old. Um, of old, of ill, <laughs> of old. There's no like tie-dye sheets anywhere, anything like that. It is immaculate. It is stylish. There's a whole re relaxation area. You can have your hen party up there. There's like treatment rooms where you can do three or four people at a time. I can't, I cannot remember when I've been so impressed. So to the Constantine family who still own it, I applaud you. If it was Pop Idol, I'd be doing like a Simon. Now you can see my nice sweatshirt, by the way. Um, it is what the high street needs. And I am telling you now, as I look down the lens, if you own a brand, work for a brand, work in retail, work in, let's go down Oxford Street, Selfridges, John Lewis, Debenhams, House of Fraser, Space NK, any of those stores, you need to get your ass to Liverpool, you need to get your people to Liverpool, and you need to go and spy on this lush store because they are spanking your ass. Yeah, thanks, Caroline. Um, you can check out more about Caroline and her work at www.carolineherons.com. But she just, she just seems like a really sound lady. Yeah, I mean, it's just the same like Carl and um, Dan, isn't it? It's just nice to hear someone who cares about something that people are always a little bit... I mean, it's a multi-million pound industry, yeah. but people don't care past... It's like, where where's the care? Like, what, beyond the money, essentially. I think that I think I think something she said that was really interesting and it's quite controversial for some people about Lush um when she talked about like the staff being approachable but not too in your face. Oh yeah. And that like balance. I know some people find coming into a Lush shop really intense. But part of what we do in Lush is we try to give you five-star customer service and part of being on the shop floor is about being able to assess what you as a customer need and what five-star service means to you. So it's about being there, being visible, but being approachable. You worked on the shop floor. Yeah. What um, was your experience of that? Um, I think, well, one thing I think about it is people are often, I mean, let's, mo almost all the time we get massive praise for staff. Mm -hmm. um, it was part of something that was really nice working on the shop floor was like changing someone's day. But of course, with that, some people are cynical that like, yeah, they, you know, the staff in there are wild. And, yeah. But I think one thing is that like people are so used to such bad customer service yep. that it's a bit of a shock to the system. Also, lush staff don't get commission. No. Just putting that out there right now. We yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, like there's no commission. People are literally... Just really good and really care about their job. And so many people at Lush, I came from an... I was... Moved back to England, needed a job, got an awful, awful coffee shop job. Then I got a job in Lush and was just like, wow, this is what it means to actually impact someone's day, to actually be treated properly, yeah. to actually be cared for, for your development to actually matter. 
And I think that's communicated in, you know, if you behind the scenes are working on your staff and making sure they're happy, then they're able to work on the customers. Do you think that um, customer service is changing on the high street because of digital and because people interact more online than they do in person now? Well, yeah, I think the um, the high street is changing. Uh, the whole of the high street is changing because of digital. I even like big brands you there's like incentive to get people to sign up for online mailing lists because they know that everything's cheaper online but it's like well you know yourself I if I don't have time I'll maybe buy clothes online and they come and I'm like I don't have the body that you know I don't have a body that I can buy clothes online for I don't know why after doing it for five years I still think it's something I can do um I can just if 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 the style is a sack shape (laughs) then I can buy online but yeah it's about face to face and it's also about like the person in the changing room saying oh yeah girl or or, mm, I prefer this that and the other do you prefer shopping online or shopping on the high street well I get I get better stuff when I shop on the high street and as someone whose life you know my life exists because Lush is on the high street Mm -hmm. I believe in that much more but does it because you work for digital Ah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's about the reason I'm asking you that is because I think that both are integral to each other, and I think that part of the issue at the minute is that both don't realise they can't exist without the other. So you can shop online for convenience and quickness, but that's never going to give you the same experience as going and physically connecting with something. And I think if we as a society can find the balance between the two things, both can exist really well with each other because both can offer you something that the other one can. And also, yeah, totally. And like, I I like to shop online when I don't want to have to deal with people or I'm in a rush or I don't, you know, don't want to engage in bad customer service. But like, when you think of, well, you you need to match your foundation in store and you need a proper skincare consultation. And also treating yourself, like yeah. saying, I'm, I'm like I'm self-care, I'm worthy of going and taking a day to choose the things that I like because I work really hard for my money and I want to yeah. enjoy that. Now, not everyone is privileged enough to have that luxury, you know, of, of having the time. Like some yeah. people have kids, they have families, they have, you know, a lot going on. But I think it's really important if you can find that time for yourself. Um, a, a piece of content that I wanted to pop into this magazine was, um, it's Andrew Payne in conversation with Mark Constantine, one of oh, our founders, um, chatting about the High Street. And it's a oh, book gosh. called High Street Heroes. And it's about like the how the High Street has changed in the course of history. I like it that people feel autonomous and that they can look after things themselves. I think that it's always a bit of a thing if I visit a shop, isn't it? It's mm. a sort of mixed blessing for me and them. If it's not quite right, what am I going to say? Um, I can remember, for example... If you're visiting the shop, obviously I visit shops in London more than I visit anywhere else. Um, I I was with a young Jack, aged fourteen, and an inspector calls was his. An inspector calls was the play he was studying at school, so I decided that I would take him to London, and the um, we got a room in a hotel on Park Lane, and I can't remember exactly the insights on why we did that. It wasn't a favourite place or anything else. But it was one of these places, I think it was the Grosvenor or something like that, where they have a lot of big dinners mm. and most of the people there are going to a business event of some sort. So we're going to go and see an inspector course at the theatre and it's about um, 35 to 40 minutes walk from where we are. 
and we're going to walk it. So we get in the lift and there are several people wearing dinner jackets with bow ties. And obviously anyone that knows in spectacles knows it's about, a, a, you know, the sort of aristocracy who are running this business, um, being unkind to a staff member to the point that the staff member drinks bleach and dies, commits suicide. So anyway, we see these people all going about their business and we're in the same hotel. And then we walk uh, walk down through and we go via uh, Carnaby Street, which was a, a shop then. We had a shop in Carnaby Street. So I go into Carnaby Street. He waits outside looking through the window. Uh, the new trainee manager walks up to me, kicks some rubbish under a unit, puts her hand out and says, hello, I'm X. I'm hoping to be the manager here one day. And I can't help but say, if I see that, you definitely won't be. Now, we're, it's not good, is it? They were talking about the trainee manager here. So I am usurping the manager's power. I haven't gone through the right outlets. She bursts into tears, goes out the back. I go onto the theatre <laughs> with a little boy that thinks I am a total bastard. <laughs> and we then sit and watch this play about some nasty rich industrialist who treats his staff so badly that they drink bleach and die. Um, fortunately for me, uh, she went on to be a manager. In fact, she went on to be a, um, um, uh, you know, an inspector for Nadia, a candy shopper. So she was right and I was wrong. Um, she got the message, I'm sure. You, you know, don't you know, just pick up the rubbish. You don't kick it under a unit. Um, so, yeah, so it's a mixed blessing when I go. And I always prefer to go to shops where I know I'm not going to have to be critical because we have systems for all of that. We have uh, proper hierarchies for dealing with those situations. And me running a mock, um, being the big I am, is not the solution. But when you look, when you go visiting a shop, I'm, I am really genuinely... What am I looking for? Yeah, what, what's your idea of a perfect... Well, it experience. varies person to person. You see, if Rowena goes to shop, she's much more conscious of the cleanliness than I am, for example. Um, I like people, don't I? I mean, I'm into people. I want to, you know, I like to see sunny, smiley people having a nice time. And, I, I, you know, I'm always a bit surprised when I, I can't be critical. I just did, looked at the new Christmas gifts for ne this year coming. Now, we're only, we're, talking, we're in May now. Yeah. I was looking at the Christmas gifts um, and, the, and the way they looked, and they were really good. And I couldn't find a critical word or something to pick on. I thought there was something wrong with me. I uh, had to send Jack in in the <laughs> afternoon. I mean, you know, I, and in the end we both agreed it was really, really good. Um, now, it's the same thing in the shop. Quite often you're in a shop and it's really good. And, and, and can you put your finger on it? Not necessarily, because it's not the same in every shop. You know, what's a good shop? Somewhere that makes you feel great. Somewhere you feel really happy to be part of the team. Mm. Somewhere where the customers are enjoying it too. I mean, to use the classic Irish word, the crack. You know, I mean, it, you know, that's the point. Uh, and and how do you achieve that? And how do you do that? Well, it's down to the individuals to do that themselves. You know, I mean, favorite film, Empire Records. I, I you know, the whole thought of having a handful of M and M's and deciding by the color of the M and M who gets to play the music today. That's my idea of heaven. Funny, smiley people having a nice time. I there's no other like that's the perfect way to describe the new shop. It's exactly that. You walk in, there's excitement, there's atmosphere, and there's people just 
having connections. Having a ball. Just chatting. Yeah. Isn't that just what you want all the time? Yeah. In work, in your book club, in your house. <laughs> I mean, that story for me was defo great from a lush perspective, but great coming of age story for, <laughs> for Jack. I love that. Whose son thinks I'm a total, my son thinks I'm a total bastard. <laughs> yeah, but it's great, isn't it? I, I think that, like, you could write a novel on the, the, the process of getting in and out of that lift. And um, The book is actually, uh, I've read parts of the book, I haven't read it all, um, High Street Heroes, and it is really interesting if you're someone that's, like, working in retail and you want to know more about the history of the High Street and how it can coexist moving forward in the digital era. I think it's, it's a good read. And the aim is for that we do coexist. I know that um, you can reach people with digital that you you just can't reach in the shop for whatever reason because it's not the right environment for them. It's not where they want to be. It's not where they feel comfortable. Um, you know, you can further that conversation. But I think for me, my job's always been about a conversation. So like a back and forth and yeah. making sure there's like every possibility for that yeah get down to liverpool come visit olivia in the new shop sunny and smiley and if you're into your product if you're a product person like oh okay let's talk about our favorite of the new products give me your three favorites okay first of all ultra plant which is a vegan ultra blend which is amazing at getting makeup off super slimy which is fun you've got to be fun with your skincare routine yeah as of yesterday, thanks to you, Nula, hair necessities, just because of the smell of the conditioner. And probably the wasabi shampoo, same thing, like, yeah. great volume for my hair. Everyone I've ever thought to get a product for, I just think, yeah. And I also used it as a shower gel and it was boss. Amazing. Um, my faves, Hercules hair treatment. Mm-hmm. I had it whenever I went and got my hair lab experience. Yeah. And you saw me. You were happy, I just you? I lived my best life. You're a shell of a human for about three now. days. Yeah. <laughs> for about three days, no, but I, your hair's still fabulous. Yeah, you're, you're not a shell of a human. The uh, f- liquid foundation, I love six W. I like the liquid foundation. It sits on my skin really well. It gives me the coverage that I want. It's not too heavy, but it's not too light. It's a good day wear. All right, Goldilocks. <laughs> uh, third favorite product, Golden Power body spray. It was an online exclusive. Golden Power was like my favourite soap ever when it came out a couple of Christmases ago and it leaves me feeling fruity. Thank you so much for talking to us about Liverpool and the new shop. Um, where How can people contact you if they want to... Me? Yeah. Oh, for me personally, I have olivia.graham at lush.co.uk. Sweet. And of course, please follow us at Liverpool, at Lush Liverpool Spa mm-hmm. on Instagram and search Liverpool Shop on Facebook and you can DM us on Instagram anytime. Cool. What about if you want to get in touch with you? As always, you can email me nilla.davies at lush.co.uk or I am on the Instagram, Nilla Davies. The Grammo. The Grammo. The Grammo Lama Hit me up on the Gram. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. It's been Thanks, a pleasure. Nilla, it was lovely. Big Thanks. love. Thanks for choosing me as your number Woo. one. <laughs> I went away on my holidays and I've come back and we're not on Instagram anymore or oh. Facebook or social meds. What's going on? Oh, welcome back of your holiday, Nula. Thanks. And to this segment where we talk about the social switch up of Lush. Okay. So we're switching up social media. When That's you say happened. we, it's brand. So it's like Lush, yeah. Gorilla, Kitchen, Soapbox. Soapbox. The whole crew. Okay. Um. So what do you want to know? I mean, I'm not uh, an expert, but I think I can Okay. So fill you in on some meats. Where did the decision come from? When did the decision happen? 
and why. Okay, so the decision came from an audit that's been going on since even before Christmas, but especially a lot this year, looking at how we reach our audience. Mm -hmm. And one thing that was coming up again and again and again is that our interaction and engagement is going down on our social platforms, which isn't really reflective of the company itself. So we're not, our sales aren't decreasing, our footfall, like everything else in the company is growing but our social is going down, which doesn't really make sense when you look at the speed at which social is growing or at least sustaining itself or continuing. One thing that we looked into was the dreaded A word of algorithms. And so what this audit found was that because of paid algorithms, that's how people see content. And of course, we don't pay for advertisements. We don't agree with paying for advertisements. So we're not paying to be in people's newsfeed essentially so what that means is in the uk we're reaching six percent of our total audience on our platforms so like on other platforms like facebook and instagram yeah on no on on our on our platforms we're reaching six percent of our audience so on our lash player oh sorry on external platforms yeah yeah yeah. okay okay that is right um, Hit me with these questions, Gail. I'm ready for them. Yeah. So what's it going to look like moving forward then? How are the community going to engage with Lush? Okay, so moving forward, there's no jobs are going to be affected by it. It's like a redistribution of how we engage with our community. So what one thing we're looking at is bringing the conversation back to Lush.com, which is really important. And I think the main one of the main steering factors for the decision is that we don't want to be influenced by third parties in how we communicate with our community, essentially. So we're not saying we're completely removing ourselves from these platforms. We're just rethinking the way that we engage with them. So more people engage anyway with personal accounts. So like Jack's personal account, account, Mark's personal account. And so we're also looking at trying to not present ourselves as a brand. So we're just removing the lush brand voice and allowing individuals to represent the company. We're essentially looking at effective ways to talk to customers. So I was like, I literally like an an hour into a meeting was like slowly being like, okay, yeah, okay, that does make sense. Like the algorithms. So the algorithms on social platforms, they're not public. Like we don't know how they work. We don't know what is prioritized or why we it's you know nick from the social channels made a great point where he's like it's a pay-to-play environment and we don't want to pay so we need to change how we play essentially and so we're looking at like where does the conversation exist and i think the thing that like restored my faith in the decision is lush have had a community and community engagement and a community conversation before social media and we'll have it We'll still have it during, and if it ever goes anywhere, we'll have it after. One thing is that being involved in the conversation as an employee kind of eases it because it means that they're taking in people's voices and the voices of people who are important. They've also listened to and made note of and tried to make decisions based on every single comment that we've received as a result of the statement. And also just kind of having that faith that we haven't always done things by the book and it's kind of always worked out. And that even the delivery of that sounds like maybe there isn't always the highest amount of faith. But when you think like the people being most cynical are like social media experts. Well, of course, they are like big business relies on social media, but our business hasn't always. And we don't always want it to either. 
the thing that I that worries me is that if you're not someone that is already active in the Lush community and you're looking to join it and become involved and understand and use products more and learn stuff, it's like how do you know where to go because there isn't one main channel that you can go through to know to connect you to those personalities or, or people within the business. Someone might not know who Mark Constantine is. Yeah. We know because we work in his business. You know, that's my only worry that it's it's uh, cutting out a, an easy way to network and communicate with new people. Mm. Um, I think that's kind of like twofold. I think it underestimates the power of a dot com website in that like loads of great platforms don't have social or, you know, loads of great news platforms. I would never go to their Instagram to know what was going on. I would direct myself to their yeah. website. And also the kind of second part of it is it implies that people are getting what they need from that platform, which I think after the research that's taken place is actually people like our customers and our community that we care about aren't getting from us what they need by our reliance on a platform that is essentially restricted by algorithms and the fact that it's a mass marketing device. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's definitely like there is there is still that percentage that six percent of people are still getting what they need from that social channel. But we're kind of going, okay, can we do something differently? And in kind of and we're not we're not removing the content. The content that's up, a lot of work's gone into it, so it's going to stay there and it's going to be like a representation of that moment in time. But the decision that's been made is, can we do this differently? And do we want to exist? Okay, so the decision that's been made is. Do we want to exist in the restrictions that have been put in place by social media or do we want to try and create our own alter alternative way of existing in this environment? You know, we don't want to hide behind a brand. We want to give out our personal mm -hmm. emails. We want to personally promote what we're doing and why we're doing it. And we just, we want, and also like, I think one big thing is like, you know, the hashtag Lush community that the press has gone wild for is just one hashtag. And I think one thing is like, okay, so where's Lush in that in this conversation? And it's like, Lush is in that conversation, like Lush fans, Lush customers, you know, even people who don't like Lush, they're just as important in this conversation as we are. And I think what we're trying to say is we don't need to always be talking at this point in time. We want to listen and we want to create an environment where we're more able to listen and engage and be more authentic with our voice and conversation in that it comes from individuals. You've been listening to the Lush Podcast with me, Nilla Davies and co-host Olivia Graham. This episode was edited by Andrew Payne with theme music by the Fresh Handmade Collective. For more information on today's episode, click the link in the description for our show notes. You can find more podcasts by Lush by downloading the free Lush Player app available for both Apple and Android. Thank you.